0: Have a seat. Thank you for uh, being part of today. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, it is good to see you at the gosh, the last weekend of, of 2018. Some of you are coming back from Christmas Eve. Welcome um, to you. Thank you for coming back and being part um, of this place and hope that in 2019 um, you'll not become a stranger, that you'll feel um, right at home and welcome as you want to grow in your spiritual life and even connection with people here. We're just a bunch of co-siders that but we gather together on the weekends and throughout the week in um, various homes, because we want God to do something not just simply in us but also through us as well. And so um, that's why we're here and uh, look forward to getting to know you as, as the time um, um, goes, goes by. Did 2018 go by fast to you guys? Did it just it just blew by? For me, um, guys, it's it already we're at 2019 and, and and at this time of year, this time, we always begin to kind of you know look back and, 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 and then look ahead. But as we look back, any of you evaluators, do, do you ever ever evaluate the previous year on how well you did? Any of you like had set some goals or things like that, and if you wanted to forget about those goals <laughs> about this, this time time of year, um, sometimes you like I say, you know, I wonder how 2018 did in my evaluative process and how it went. You know, was it a nine? Was it a seven? One of the things I, I like to do is um, I, I like to I like to cycle the coast. Um, I have a road bike, and and I kind of wanted to do a little bit of thing. I, I wanted to figure out how many miles I actually rode for this past year. And and what you can do is you can you can download an app. There's an app for that. Of course, there's an app for everything, but there's an app for that. And and every time I ride, I I I, I key the little thing in and and I, and I put it in my my pocket and I and I go and it'll, it'll tell me it'll tell me the miles for the day. It'll tell me the miles for the week, the miles for the month, and you know how many hills I climbed and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's really really pretty cool. As I'm kind of trying to figure out how how well I did. And and it like everything else is hooked to my email. And so they will actually, since they have access to my email, they probably have access to every other personal thing that I ever have in my whole life, but they have access to my email. And they'll sometimes send me little little things on, on how I'm doing. You know, it's kind of an encouragement to keep me going. You guys probably have stuff like that on walking or, or what other things you... That you do, and and so they'll sometimes shoot me a, a thing on you know you've ridden X miles you know this week or you've done a good job Paul you know keep going and and it's really encouraging it's really really helpful for that and then they'll send me little um, tidbits of information or little little tips on here's how to stretch well here's here's uh, coupons for for like a health food place you know when I'm doing well they'll they'll really encourage me and keep going Paul you're doing really good. um, um, here's, you know, here's a good smoothie you can eat to keep going. Not only do they know when I'm doing well, they also know when I'm doing what, (laughs) when I'm not doing well at all. And so they can keep track of that. And so they'll remind me of that. And if I skip a few weeks, they'll say, you know, they'll send me something like an article on here's how to keep momentum. You know, in your in in your writing, or here's how to here's how to get back on the bike. You know, after you've been off a week, and then and then it'll be um, we miss you, Paul. <laughs> Do you know the risks of increased weight gain? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> you know. And these people, they're really passive aggressive. You know, and and they start sending ads for weight loss products. You know, diet shakes, and then and then and then they'll send me good heart doctors in my area. <laughs> how about that? And finally, they'll just give up and say, hey, Blubbo, here's some pizza coupons. Just go go have yourself a good time. Um, was it a good year for you? Was it a, was it a good year? Um, was it not so good a year? And how do you tell? I mean, how do you know if, if it was? What measurement do you use whether it was a good year or a bad year? We have all kinds of measurements, you know, and in, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to have to start thinking about filling out the old friendly 1040, you know, form and, and you'll all of a sudden get your W-2 and it will tell you how much financially you made and you can evaluate whether it was a good year or a bad year. You maybe step on a scale and you can kind of help evaluate whether it was a good year or a bad year. Or maybe you set some other goals, you know, in your own life on getting certain house projects done, whether it was a good year or a bad year. We have all different kinds of measurements for that. And as we're finishing up twenty eighteen and looking forward to twenty nineteen, I thought maybe it'd be good to just kind of talk about another component to help us evaluate how the year went. And that would be more what I will simply call a spiritual component. After all, this is church. Where else are you going to get this? But the, the component on how well you did in in your life with God and in your life with Christ. What's the measurement of success for that? How do you measure that? Is it the number of times you went to church? Is it the number of hours you spent you know, on your knees in prayer? You know, Is it the number of ways that you served other people? How can you really evaluate and what are some measurements of that? And how can I know if I'm going to be We'll just use the word successful in 2019. And that's what I want to spend a couple moments talking about. Would you take a second and pray with me from now? God, thank you for these moments we have now. And bless it and give me the right words to share. Help us to grow. Help me to grow in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you're taking notes, you may want to pull it out. First, I, I, I think success is, is finding security in who I am instead of just simply what I did. You can measure your success based on actually your knowing who you are. It's a great situation, and and this one sticks out to me a a lot of times as I'm thinking this concept through. This is um, um, in the Bible. This is regarding Lord Jesus as he was involved in his ministry. And it says, after this, the Lord, the Lord Jesus, appointed 72 others. He had 12 disciples around him, but he also had another crowd of people around him as well, and so he chose 72 others. And he sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, kind of like an advanced scout team. He'd go out and they'd check out the town, um, two by two, and he would get these towns ready. And he would say this, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Got it? And, you, know, you, you you get the place ready for it. It's a field trip. It says this, they go, and, and a few weeks later, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They're saying, man, we've got a lot done. I mean, we've got a lot done. Spiritual stuff. And and, and some other time we'll talk about the, the demons and all this kind of stuff. But 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 right now, let's just focus upon their excitement and their joy on this. We say we did this, we did that, and, and 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 the good thing about growing closer to God is things begin to happen in your life, you know? Wow, I did you know, I I was able to do this, I was able to help this person in this. And they gather back and Jesus is coaching them, and he replied, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Snakes and scorpions are evil and and, and bad things, okay? Nothing will ever harm you. And and this is for us who like to accomplish a lot of stuff in our lives, and this is the kicker. Listen to what he says. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I think success oftentimes... in our minds is a list of dues of what to do. I'm a, like a list person on my day off. If I have lists to do or things to do, I, I make a list. And you know what the first thing on the top of my list usually is? Make a list, okay? <laughs> you know, I, so I can check it off. I, I can check it all off. And what Jesus here is saying to us as we consider, I think, the works of God and if we think about the things that we could rejoice over, first of all, number one, is not everything that we've been able to accomplish. It's not everything that we've been able to do, but everything we've been able to be. Everything that God wants us to be. Do's a good thing. It's, it's not bad. It's good to do what God wants and asks. But Jesus, again and again, goes back to who you are. Because who I am actually is the mainspring of what I'm going to do. And a lot of times, it's easy to switch them around. What I do becomes who I am. Jesus says it forms and the basis is is based on who you are. The thing to rejoice most over is a connection with God. And what he's saying it in such a way is we should be continually amazed and astounded by that. John writes this, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That's what we are. He says, I'm... I'm blown away by that. We sang a song to go up the whole the whole um, morning. You know, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a what? I'm a child of God. You know, yes, I am. You know, I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. That's, that's who I am. And I love this. This is what Paul says long ago, even before he made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's who we are. That's success. Second, success is my direction instead of my location. Um, we talk a lot about that here, and I just want to want to push this one um, a little farther and even push it home whenever we, we're we going to be bringing on a new youth pastor in about six weeks, and it'll be exciting, and, and we're going to coach him on this because we coach every new staff member, and we help our people with it's true. Here at Mariners, the thing that we look at, most importantly, is not necessarily your location—it's your direction, not necessarily your spiritual location, but the direction you're heading. Let's suppose that this side of the stage is closeness with God, or what we think is closeness with God, and that's farther away from God. Jesus made a very fascinating statement as he was talking to the to the um, the Pharisees, who were like the religious leaders, and he said this. He said, "You know, you know what? The prostitutes and the tax collectors—the two lowest of the low in their social stratus—the tax collectors." And the prostitutes are much closer to the kingdom of God than you guys are. And you would say, wait a second, these, these are like the religious leaders. You know, they're like as close to God as you're going to get. The problem with that is is that their location may have been, quote, closer to God, but their direction was facing this way. And if you're facing this way and you're starting to move, the only way you're going to move is what? The wrong way. On the other hand, if you're here, Prostitute or a tax collector or you or me, and we turn and we face God, no matter where we are in life, our direction is right. Working with people in ministry and church, if you can change your direction, then everything will start to fall into place. If your direction's bad, it's only going to get worse. If your direction is good, it's only going to get what Better it's always your direction it's not your location. The apostle Paul said this, not that I 've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold. it's an amazing statement made by a guy who wrote half the New testament i mean he says i don't i don't have it altogether i don't I don't have this thing altogether. I was up in the attic um, putting Christmas stuff away, starting to put stuff away, and I came across a, a a bathroom scale, you know, up there, an old bathroom scale. And I'm thinking, what a great place to have a bathroom scale up here in the attic, you know. That way I don't have to see it, you know. <laughs> and and it's to weigh things, you know, and it's like me after the holidays, and I thought, you know, I should probably stand on this thing and see the damage that I've done. And then I thought, nah, <laughs> nah, that's not. But, you know, we will make our, this is the time of year that we make our resolutions and all that kind of stuff. And so we, first of all, have to get a baseline on where we're at. And so we'll step on a scale or do whatever whatever we're supposed to do on this one. But the most important measurement is not where I'm at today. The most important measurement is where I'm at, what, tomorrow. Because that will tell me the trend and that's really true in our spiritual life. It's not necessarily where you are today, because sometimes we'll freak out and say, oh my goodness, I'm such a mess right now. Forget the whole thing, because we will do that. Best thing is to get a baseline figure out, okay, this is where I am. But tomorrow, tomorrow with God's help, I'm not going to be the same. And I, and I won't be the same. And it's okay to admit you don't have it all together. And this is a great place for that. Because we can say all of us, we we don't have it all together. We just simply want to help each other get in the right in the right direction. Because eventually, if we're in the right direction, we'll get to the right what location. Always remember that. Third thing, number three: success is really seeing people. I know it says life up there, but or on your mm-hmm. notes, seeing people the way God wants. I love this verse because this is one that you can say. For 2019, I want to start seeing people differently. It says this: we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Okay, now, 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 what does it mean to view others with a human point of view? You know, how they, it means that they're an annoyance. They're in my way. They're in front of me. They're taking too long to order. You know, they're taking too long to. I was at the post office the other day. It's like they're taking too long. You know, people are 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 bothersome. People get in my way. People are not the way I wish that they were. People are just simply there. Success is seeing people the way God would want, and we stop evaluating others now from a, a human point of view. In his book, um, it was on fire when I lay down on it. Um, author Robert Fulgham, he describes a time um, where he really kind of learned about what's important and what's not. And keeping this verse in mind. Um, um, about the important things of people and in life he says this, he talks about a time when his daughter was just school age and she became really excited about packing lunches for her brother and for her dad you know to send him off to school and to work and One morning she handed her her dad not not one bag but two one was his lunch bag, and the other one was just simply another bag that was secured with duct tape and staples and paper clips. And he was late for work, and so he he didn't bother to ask her for an explanation. He just took both bags and and headed off to work. And and he says that while he was eating lunch uh, that afternoon, he tore open the bag that his daughter Molly had given him. She's just a little kid. And he shook out all the contents onto his desk and out spilled two hair ribbons, three small stones, a small plastic dinosaur, a pencil stub, a tiny seashell, and a handful of other childish things. He says, uh, amused for a second, I, I hustled off to the important business of the afternoon and I swept both brown bags into the wastebasket, leftover lunch and Molly's stuff. He recalls the discussion when he got home and Molly asked, where's my bag? And he said, what bag? And he said, you know, the one I gave you this morning. And he said, I'll at the office. Why? She said, those are my things in the sack, Daddy, the ones I really like. I thought you might like to play with them, but now I want them back. And it's a cute story, but think about that the way we oftentimes see others, you know. God says, I made him, I made her, I made him this way. And they're the way that I designed them. Treat them that way, treat them as being special. Don't miss the treasure inside people. Next one. Success will be focusing on God's um, goals for my life. The Apostle Paul writes this, but this one thing I do straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. The Greek word, the biblical Greek word for one here would have an exclamation point and an underline underneath it. It's saying, there is one thing I'm focused on. One. This is the one thing I'm really focused on. It's concentration. And his whole focus was on on living for God. The problem is I've got a million things that I'm focused on um, all at the same time. Um, What he says is I press on. I'm pressing on. I'm pushing hold to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me And we might have goals for this year, get the yard done, you know get the kitchen cleaned up or got the kitchen remodeled or, or to get through the next semester and those things are fine. Um, but there should be th- to say this is I want to be good at one thing. Any of you get gift cards for Christmas? Any of you get gift cards for, for, for Christmas? Yeah, those are fun. Those are cool, and they're really easy to get because you just go to Safeway, and, and and they're all there. I mean, everything is there. I got some gift cards for Christmas, and they're really cool, and, and several of them were to Bass Pro Shop. Bass Pro Shop, which is Disneyland for guys. Okay, it's right there. And, and the people at, at, at Bass Pro Shop are brilliant because the day after Christmas, we got in the mail the Bass Pro Shop catalog. Okay. 600 pages of Nirvana. Okay. It's all there. It's all right, right, right there. It's perfect. Everything right there for us. And, and, you know, so I'm spending time figuring out what I could get because I want to be good at fly fishing. I just want to try and be good at it. You know, at some point in my life, I can be good at something. And so I'm looking at the catalog and I'm going there, you know, on the internet and comparing prices and reading reviews Do you know what Paul said his one focus is? His focus is, he says, I want to know Christ. That's my focus. That's my one thing that I want. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know him. I want to know the power that's there. I want to know who he is and what he's like. I want to know the Savior that came and died for me. Paul is saying, I want to be good at one thing. And that one thing is I want to know Christ. How will you know if 2019 is successful for you? You'll know by this time next year to be able to say, I know Jesus a whole lot better. I know who he is. I know what he's like. I know what he can do with me and what he can do in me. Last one, um, success is when you can start letting go of your past, letting go of your past even more. Paul says, the one thing I do is forgetting what's behind. I'm going to just forget those things in the past. And if we are going to be, quote, successful, we've got to get rid of the stuff that's behind us. It keeps tripping us up. It's gone and it's in the past and we have to begin to work on and finally remedy the guilt and the grief and the grudges that are there and put them in place and understanding of how God is allowing them to be in my life and working through those kinds of things. Otherwise, they just become residue that we trip over. We can get stuck in our memories um, of who we were or what we did and and it's like, like walking through... The, the muck of a swamp, and this is one swamp that does need to be drained. And and to forget means you just don't let it affect you anymore, and can have control over you or manipulate you. You know, and you say something stupid. You know, I I, I do the same thing. You it's like what an idiot I am. You know, I don't know if you say, you know, God, what, a, what a what a slip of the mouth. You know, and and it wasn't mean. It was just dumb. Now, do I do the self-talk? You know, what an idiot. Of course I do, you know. Of course I do those kinds of things. Um, I'm an imperfect person. What should I expect? And I don't want to excuse those kinds of things, but I can't I can't live in them forever. I can't. I can't keep pounding myself about the past. And so when we look at, you know, the word behind me is hope, um, esperanza in um, Spanish. We're going to be looking at that. For the year, we kick off into a year of hope. And the hope is for us to be able to, to say those kinds of things that had defined me don't have to define me anymore. Those kinds of things that I've done, there's hope that God can work through those kinds of things. Nothing you ever do will change your past. No tears, regrets, self-pity. Um, you can't change it through those things. The past is over. God can help you remedy those things of the past. One of the things that we do here, and and I wanted to end the year uh, doing this, is we're going to be spending a moment taking the Lord's Supper together. Um, Lord's Supper is a a great time for us to focus on the past, but also the present, and also the future. And... um, As we prepare for the Lord's Supper to kind of cement this last point home, there's a video that we're going to watch, and it it talks a little bit about the past and about getting a clean slate in life, and um, it talks about uh, what God can do and how we can respond through this, and I'm going to invite your attention uh, to the screens right now, and let's look at getting a clean slate. If only I could go back and change some things, set things straight. I wish I had a do-over. I've made choices. I've lost out. I wish a thousand times I could go back and try again. try again. It's hard not to imagine what might have been. If I had just stopped to think. If I had just done as I was told. If I hadn't thought I knew it all. Why didn't I just take a few deep breaths? took one second to listen. Maybe my life would be better. Maybe there wouldn't be such a high price to pay. Things would be different now. I wouldn't have so many regrets. But is everything lost? Can I just get a do-over? Is there a way back to new beginnings? Because regret can mean a new beginning. When it's given to the one who produces, Repentance. A repentance that delivers me from my grief. The one who takes my mistakes. And somehow redeems me through them. Who tells me I'm not the sum total of all my regrets? He tells me not to look back. Because there's nothing there to see. I am not my mistakes. He is faithful and just to forgive me. I just have to ask him. And then I can look straight forward. Forget what is behind him and stray towards what is ahead, and walk away with all regrets erased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Every day I'm given a clean slate. A clean slate? I get a clean slate. And that's what we're gonna be focusing on for the next couple minutes, um, what God has done to give you a clean slate. What a great way to finish the year, um, by remembering Jesus Christ. The, um, the bread we're going to be taking, the cracker, symbolic of, well, Christmas. God came down. God had entered into time and space. And Jesus said, this is my body. Remember, I did that. And the cup symbolizes his blood. Jesus said, when you take, remember my sacrifice for you. Worship team is going to be playing a song and as they do, um, you're invited to come forward or go to the back. They have um, tables there as well and take if you would and go back to your seat and hold it. We will take together um, as a sign of our unity in Christ. Would you pray with me please? Lord, in this time, in these moments, we... Thank you. You can give us a clean slate. That the price has already been paid for the stupid sins we've already done. If we believe, they're taken away from us. And so now, should there be anybody in this room that says, I want that. Father, may they understand, grasp, feel, experience your love and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And now, Jesus, as we take, we remember you.